You may not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm not afraid to speak out. I think that the music in hell for eternally be some of this rock music with all its vulgarities. And Welcome back to another episode of Lost in the Catacombs. I'm your host, Josh, back with you again for episode number 18 of your favorite extreme music podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in yet again. We do have a stacked lineup again for you this week. One is a gore grind band and the other is a black metal band that we will introduce a little bit later. But first, and as always, I do want to get some housekeeping out of the way. Follow me on the socials on Twitter at Catacombs Media, on Instagram at Lost Catacombs Media. Do a simple search on Facebook for Lost in the Catacombs and give us a like there. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at Lost in the Catacombs Podcast at gmail.com and you can also check out some interviews with international bands on my substack at lostinthecatacombs.substack.com and I also want to remind everyone of the simplest and easiest way to support the show subscribe and or follow wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five star review if you do dig the show Again, that helps me out tremendously, and it's absolutely free and the best way, as I said, to support the show. I also have some pretty cool news to share. We do have a supporter of the podcast, Gurgling Gore, is supporting the show and offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount at checkout using the code LOST. Amazing distro slash label, a lot of gore grind and death metal on there, featuring bands like Coffin Mulch and one of our guests today, who we will introduce momentarily. But yeah, using the code LOST at checkout gets you 15% off your purchase, and you can grab some music at gurglinggore.com. So yeah, thanks to Gurgling Gore for supporting the show. Before we jump into the interviews, Let's go ahead and jump into some news. First up, one of my absolute favorite melodic death metal legends, In Flames, has released a new documentary on their new album, Foregone, and their latest European tour. According to MetalInjection.net, the journey home is streaming right now. And it looks at their latest European tour and the process of making their latest record, again, Foregone. You can check it out and catch In Flames on tour right now with Meshuga and Whitechapel at one of the dates embarking across the U.S. starting in November. So yeah, it'll be pretty cool to check that out. Again, one of my absolute favorite melodic death metal bands, Legends of the Genre. So I need to put that on my watch list for this weekend. And while this next piece of news may not be metal news, well, maybe at the heart of it, it is kind of metal. John Carpenter is releasing his classic movie themes with a new anthology, all reimagined. 
Sounds absolutely amazing. Again, according to MetalInjection.net, legendary filmmaker, director, and musician John Carpenter has announced the release of a new collection of his movies titled Anthology 2, Movie Themes 1976 to 1988. The album will be released on October 6th via Sacred Bones Records and features re-recordings of classic themes from Carpenter's films between 1976 and 1988, including Halloween, Halloween 3, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, The Thing, and Prince of Darkness. Again, this sounds absolutely amazing, and you know your boy will be grabbing a copy whenever that drops. And last but not least, I do want to give a shout out to the guests of last week's episode of the podcast, Incantation and Grey Ripper, for dropping their new records on August 25th, the day this podcast came out. Incantation released Unholy Deification, and Grave Ripper released their debut full-length, Seasons Dreaming Death. Both are just absolutely phenomenal records, and if you do get a chance to check those out here this weekend... I recommend doing so and then going back and listening to the interviews and maybe picking up on something you didn't before. But now I think it's time to jump in to our first interview of the day. First off, we will be joined by the world's greatest doctor, Max, the mastermind behind the Gore Grind project, Lipoma. His new record, Odes to Suffering, is out right now it is a disgustingly great gore grind release that i cannot recommend enough you can find that on gurglinggore.com or lipoma's big cartel which he plugs at the end of the interview again highly recommended if you dig gore grind it's a very unique gore grind release if i do say so myself but let's go ahead and jump into a clip from the record This song is called Parasitic Wounds. It's funny to see your music um, get a bigger audience, especially coming from a genre that I, I kind of jokingly refer to as pathological gore grind, which is, uh, you know, it's not really a, a real genre. I mean, it's it's it kind of um, takes inspiration from Lymphatic Phlegm from Brazil, who's a big who's a, who inspired me a lot, both musically and uh, in terms of their aesthetic. So I kind of started off making kind of almost like. Uh, 
you know, lymphatic phlegm worship, but just with a little bit more groove. And it was, you know, pure gore grind. And as the band progressed, I started incorporating more like melodic stuff in it and things that are not really, I guess, featured that much in gore grind, which some people like, others don't. And that's that's totally fair. And, uh, you know, and, and putting that melodic stuff, I don't want to say that it was... I. I I thought that th- that would expose like a broader audience to gore grind. And I think that's a, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy the fact that people, you know, people message me on Instagram. They're like, dude, I, I got into gore grind because of lipoma, you know? So that, that stuff makes oh, me wow. happy. Yeah. That stuff makes me happy. Yeah. So I read a couple, I think you did an interview a couple of years ago. I just did some research on you um, where you said that you kind of wanted to take, you know, sometimes gore grind or, you know, gore grind bands kind of take themselves a little bit too seriously and you wanted to take this in a way that was, I don't know, you, you basically alluded to the fact that you don't take yourself too seriously or the Lipoma Project. Is that still true? It's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, Lipoma started almost like as a troll. Yeah, I, <laughs> as that's a troll band. Use, troll. Yeah. yeah, like I had another band, which is called Bortaint, which was kind of, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I thought Bortaint meant like, uh, it, I found the name Bortain when I googled like I, w- I was back in the day when I was eating very unhealthily I was eating a lot of shitty pork <laughs> and I go I once googled like why why does my pork smell like shit and this phrase Bortain came on <laughs> and I was like wow that's such a great name for a, for a gore grind band it's like it's like uh, pigs that have been castrated and the pork sm- smells anyway I'm going off on a tangent but then I'm not from America so someone told me that you know Bortain that means something else that means like the taint of a boar and I was like, oh, really? I didn't, you know, and anyway, that band was kind of also a joke. So I was like, I need to step up the joke or the troll meter. And I was like, everybody calls themselves, you know, the, in the gore grind scene has all these like names about death and gore and like, you know, amputations. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call my band Lipoma because Lipoma is nothing. It does. You, you can't die from it. It's like a, a benign fatty tumor. And I'm just going to try to this was um, I'm not embarrassed to say this, but I was a huge Goosebumps fan, and I really liked the over-the-top yeah. artwork back when I was really young. So I was like, I want to do something like that, but in Gorgrad and put very over-the-top um, medical stuff. No, no murders, no violent stuff. I, that stuff I don't like at all. It's only like the pathological, scientific, um, you know, medicine world that I'm interested in. That shocks some people, but it doesn't shock me at all. So that was the, the beginning of Lipoma. Very kind of, um, you know, that was the aesthetic musically. To answer your question. I loved Last Days of Humanity, uh, particularly Putrefaction Progress and Lymphatic Phlegm. And I wanted to kind of combine the two. And uh, so kind of put melody into the brutal aspect of gore grind and some groove. Like I just wanted to shake things up musically. Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing about, you know, Lipoma in particular, and especially the newest release, Odes to Suffering, the it's a little bit more like, I guess the word I'm looking for is maybe a little bit more polished than typical, I guess, gore grind records, obviously like the guitars and everything, the, the, the riffs are heavy. They're all there, but it's a little bit more, um, I guess more cleanly produced, but then like the riffs and like the, you know, the rhythm section are very much. So they kind of lay over the, the, the harsh vocals, so to speak. Right. So are you wanting the listener to put more emphasis on the riffs and the, I guess, musicalities of the riffs and the music or the guitars, the drums, the bass, rather than the vocals itself? Are you 
Like you just kind of look at the vocals as another instrument that you're just kind of layering underneath things. That's a good, yeah. You, I couldn't have said it better myself, but you, you're absolutely right. Like the, the, the vocals for me are purely an instrument. I never liked writing lyrics. I never even read the lyrics of my favorite bands. Like, you know, other people really like doing that. For me, I, I don't know, maybe I have ADHD or maybe I just get bored easily. But for me, the voice is just an instrument. And uh, <clears throat> so that's one thing. The other thing is about the production. So I think the production for Lipoma, you know, some people think it's too polished. Some people think it's too clean, like purists of the, of the gore grind genre, which I understand. Um, but for me, yeah, it was a way to, to, to really show, showcase the guitar work, which, you know, as a guitarist myself, I've played drums and I've played bass and, you know, but it was, it's the guitars that really push the band forward. Um, and yeah, the production was a way for me to kind of maintain a certain level of brutality, although obviously they're more brutal bands than Lipoma, but to be able to maintain brutality and kind of guitar clarity and, and melodic riffs and harmonies and stuff like that. And what the final thing I'm going to say about this production, because to be honest, the, the mixing and the mastering of Lipoma takes a lot more time than even the recording. The recording phase is fun. It takes me, it's pretty fast, but it's the mixing and the mastering. And I just went down the rabbit hole, especially during the pandemic when I, we were locked inside. And uh, I just, you know, I got into it, and uh, for those that are into mixing and engineering, sound engineering, they'll understand that once you're in 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 it, you're not going to get out easily. So, you mix and mastered everything by yourself, right? Everything I did, I at some point I sent it to a studio. I won't say who because I respect them a lot, but I didn't like the what they did, and I I decided the only way to do this is completely DIY. The, the same reason I do most of my artwork on my own. And I do the mixing and the mastering on my own. Putting time and effort into mixing uh, paid out, paid off. Yeah. So when did you actually start learning how to do like the sound engineering and everything? So that was, uh, I've been playing music. I'm 34 now. I've been playing music since I was like hardcore and punk and metal since I was 13. So that's, I can't really do math right 21 now. 21 years. 21 years. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> 21 years. And it took me, uh, and then when COVID happened, uh, 2020, um, I stopped. I was in like this crust hardcore band, and we didn't play anymore. And uh, you know, I ended up being sitting in my in my house all alone. And I was like, I I can't play music anymore. I need to do something. And after 20 years of playing with bands, I was like, you know what? Let me just start a solo project. And that was the Bortain, what I was talking to you about before. Mm -hmm. And I made this song, and I sent it to a friend of mine who studied. Um, I think electrical engineering, and he has a lot of knowledge okay. about that stuff. And he told me, you know, the, the composition is great, but it it sounds like shit. You know, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. He's a re and he's a really nice guy. He would never say that to me. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, he's like, well, EQ compression. I was like, I didn't know any of that stuff, uh, Josh. Any of that stuff. Twenty years of playing music in bands, and uh, when I finally realized what all that stuff entailed, I was like, wow, this is like another world that takes a lot of time. <laughs> and a lot of um, a lot of energy. I've spent hours and hours. You know, I know they say it's gore grind and people don't care, but I've spent hours and hours going over the sound and listening to it on different, uh, you know, different sound systems and watching YouTube videos about how to EQ, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I guess this is kind of ties into that question too. But I'm assuming you first started out by playing guitar. Correct. Well, 
I started off when I was a little kid uh, playing piano. Um, I played, obviously, you know, when you're a kid and your parents want you to play piano, they want you to play classical music. And um, I rebelled a lot against that. I didn't I didn't like I I liked some of it, but not I didn't like it enough to practice like other kids did and who, who became, I guess, much better pianists than me. But, um, you know, then the, my parents had the, the clever idea of um, getting me this really cool jazz teacher who I owe a lot to this guy who, surprisingly, he was in a ska punk band in Greece at the same time, which, which when I found out years later, that blew my mind. But he basically said, you don't have to, you know, piano is not about just reading notes and studying notes. He's like, you can improvise. I was like, improvise? What the hell is that? He said, well, you have to figure out some chord structures that make sense. And then using your right hand, you're going to explore all these scales. And the rest is uh, improvisation. And he taught me that. And that had a big, a big influence on my music, especially going then into, you know, discovering punk and metal. And, um, you know, having a very free approach to writing music that, however, I didn't really, I never sat down and did it. You know, it, it, I, 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 I had to be 32 to start with lipoma mm-hmm. and bortane to start really so that's kind of my and as you said yeah guitar was the instrument where i felt it was a little easier to experiment with guitar than piano because piano you know it's a really difficult instrument it's you know you have both the bass you have the the the, the, the right hand doing the melody you have complex rhythms you have dynamics it's a pretty hard instrument yeah i've always heard if you can play piano you can play anything yeah and it 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 teaches you to be a better musician too. Improv. How much of that comes into play in Lipoma? How much are you improving when you're recording or how much are you planning out beforehand? So I'll be completely honest and maybe people won't expect that, but the vast majority, I'm not lying, you know, the vast majority of Lipoma is improvised on the spot. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, especially the early stuff, which is, you know, like the most EPs and a lot of the splits were, were improvised on the spot. Um, and I would say Horrors of Pathology, my first full length, um, I would say 50% of it was improvised on the spot. The other 50% were riffs that I had written back in the day, or I had, you know, I just grabbed the acoustic guitar and, and kind of, uh, you know, pr- practice it a little bit and Oats the Suffering, I would say also 50% of it was improvised. Um, it's just, you know, again, as I said before, not to sound old or something, but if, when you've been playing music for 20 years. In various bands, you know, I've played in hardcore bands, grindcore bands, uh, jazz bands, blues bands, uh, crust bands. And I was always, you know, trying to be the main songwriter in those bands. And a lot of these, a lot of my ideas wouldn't be accepted necessarily by by the other dudes because they thought it was a little bit too busy or too riffy. You know, at some point they were like, you know, this riff is cool, but the other guitarist would say, you know, it's, it's good, but I'm not going to do this whole thing. I will just cut it cut it in half i was like okay you know i'm not the type of person who's going to force my opinion on someone in the band um but then when the lipoma when i started lipoma i finally had the freedom to (laughs) to go crazy and uh a lot of this craziness happens as you said you know when i improvise i sit down in front of the computer i lay down the drums that's the most important thing and um you know the, the laying down of the drums follows a little bit of a formula that I took from Lymphatic Phlegm, who's, as I said, a big influence on my sound. But then I kind of go crazy with the guitars. And um, after I do the guitars, I mute the guitars, I grab the bass, and I improvise the bass on top of the drums. And okay. then lastly come the vocals, which is the most fun part that takes uh, 
not very, not very long. <laughs> yeah. The the other thing I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit, you mentioned that you are from Greece. If you wouldn't mind kind of diving into a little bit of, you know, where your love for music started. I'm sure it wasn't directly into the extreme side of things. I know you're wearing a dissection shirt right now. I'm sure you didn't just uh, <laughs> go into things loving dissection or anything. But, you know, where did your love for music start? You know, I'm going to start with a small story that I so I saw this guy um Saki Stolis from Rotten Rotten Christ I'm a big Rotten Christ fan um and they once asked him like you know why is Greek metal Greek black metal so different than the rest of the black metal scene and he said well us Greeks he said we we have very melodic folk music you know we have this style called uh, he didn't say this now I'm <laughs> he said we have uh, rebetica which is kind of like a Greek form of the blues that started like in the early uh, 20th century um even before that actually that that kind of borrowed scales from from uh, minor asia from what is now known as turkey and you know a lot of middle eastern scales that that came to our uh, our our uh, music there's also a lot of ancient greek music that survives to this day there's a lot of folk music in the mountains and in the islands of greece that uh, has influence from like the balkans for example so it's like a crossroads of of of, of music, with Greece, and you know I grew up listening to a lot of that. I grew up in a, a musical family, um, and there were a lot of records around. There were a lot of musical instruments around. There were a lot of parties back then. Unfortunately, now Greece, I mean, people still party, but you know there's an economic crisis that that has lasted for many years. It's now maybe getting a little better, although some people, you know, I don't think it is. But anyway, not to get in too much into that. But back in the day, there were just so so many parties when people would bring music and i think that's a big part of of uh of where i'm from you know the the the, the melodies and one thing i'm also going to say is that what how it influenced lipoma is that greek music especially the the rebetica which is the, the the greek kind of blue stuff they have this really amazing way of using both kind of ma uh, major and minor scales in guitar work or the buzuki which is the traditional instrument which creates a very nostalgic, uh, melancholic sound because it's both happy and sad at the same time. And this is something that, speaking of dissection, <laughs> and uh, at the gates and those bands, you know, that use like the harmonic minor scale, you hear that a lot also in like melodic black metal, melodic death metal, and, and right. straight up traditional black metal. And uh, so I just saw like parallels between, you know, the music of my people and, 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 and those extreme forms of metal, which you also see, you know, in, in countries like finland like ukraine russia you know germany uh and in america also but in a lot of european black metal and death metal melodic death metal you, you see those kind of they, they take influence from their own folk culture you know i grew up playing mostly punk and hardcore um till a pretty till i was like almost 18 or 19 when i finally i guess i got a little bit bored of the lack of technic technicality is that a word yeah in uh yeah in punk and um i guess also the lack of melody i was i saw it i wanted this i wanted music that was more melodic and more technical and um the first thing that i heard was the song slaughter of the soul from the you know album slaughter of the soul by at the gates and when mm -hmm. i first heard that i was like wow this is uh this is incredible this is as 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 fast as is punk it has this attitude that hardcore also has, hard because I was, you know, into old school and new school hardcore. Um, but it also has this kind of very depressive, sad vibe that I have found in crust punk, like bands like Tragedy from Ashes Rise, uh, 
and the melodies were 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 crazy like the the harmonic minor scale that they use on in that album um and you know that kind of that started it all for me uh and then i started listening to you know um other bands in that genre and um you know the natural progression was just to also get into to a lot of black metal um especially black metal that uses more you know melodic stuff when you came over to the united states were you at what age did you come over to the United States? I came here uh, in 2015, and I was... 2015. Uh, yeah, okay. when was that? That was eight years ago, so it was like 25, yeah, it's 26. crazy. Time flies, right? <laughs> I can't but, uh, believe it. I've been here for eight years, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad to have you here, man. But um, yeah, like, was there anything that surprised you about the... Like when you came over, obviously you're, you're based in the Northeast of the United mm-hmm. States, what did anything surprise you about what the extreme music scene was like here or how did you kind of take that in so i was always like growing up in greece and then i also lived in the netherlands for some time um i you know i got exposed to a lot of different scenes and i traveled also a lot i traveled to germany i traveled to czech czech republic uh traveled to britain for shows and you know when i came to america I mean, America is obviously a huge country, but what really struck me about the the extreme metal and also the punk scene is that you guys have so many bands and so many shows, but what and so many local scenes. But what I think is very particular of the American the American bands that I don't see that much in Europe is that American people, if I may use that, you know, they start a band. And within a few weeks or a few months, they have a demo out. They start playing. <laughs> they start touring. Like things get done. I remember back in 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 Greece and also in in the Netherlands, there were just bands that just never did anything, you know. And uh, I don't know. That's just my impression that there's this like very pragmatic approach to just getting shit done and you know getting your music out and just hitting the road. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because like you can drive here when you're 16, and and I guess in Europe you can. You have to wait when you're older. But I'd love that about America. And, and it was very inspiring for me to, to kind of push myself to also with Lipoma, like, you know, start something and finish it. Don't just talk about, oh, I'm in a band and, you know, no, like you have to produce stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's, I don't know, sometimes I feel like things are a little bit oversaturated in terms of the extreme music scene. But I also think that like right now, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, and maybe this is just my opinion, but... I don't think extreme music has been in a better place than it is right now. Um, obviously, there's been the resurgence in just the last few years, like death metal, potentially, obviously, in the 90s, it was huge. So nobody crucify me for saying this, but <laughs> death metal might be bigger now than it ever has been. Like, in some regards, like, obviously, like, I'm sure you remember you're 34. So you grew up in this era, too. But like, in the 2000s, there was the deathcore, metalcore, like the scenecore era, which was huge. But now you start to see like death metal really creep back in. And now you have like these bands that are like huge. I mean, like no matter like what you think, like Frozen Soul, um, mm. Creeping Death, you know, bands like that are like huge now. I mean, obviously Cannibal Corpse has been doing it for 30 years. But like right now, I mean death metal is just like huge. Like, do you have that same opinion or, you know, what's your kind of stance on everything right now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on death metal. I enjoy it, but you know, from interacting with friends on, on social media and, you know, I see that there's a huge scene in, in Ohio and in Kentucky. Um, 
like you know uh, there's there's some kids that i always talk with a uh, dark druid i think they're from ohio you know and and, and i was like wow I, I don't know how all these guys are but you know when i was their age i i could not play my instruments as well as they do and have the ethic that i see like you know playing playing shows and uh and like tours and and stuff like that um and you know so there's there's this there's this ethic of of you know young people and older people of course and i think what also what i also like especially in the death metal although sometimes it can get repetitive but i'm i'm not going to hate but it, it's it's the you know this all these bands that are kind of trying to get back to the old school sound which i like you know much yeah. better than like i'm not going to say i didn't like metalcore in the early 2000s because i did everyone and, you know, did of, yeah right a lot of people know i, I you know you can hear some of the metalcore riffs and horrors of pathology, and you know, sometimes I get some shit about that. But it's all it's all good. It's all fun. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 that desire to go back to that old sound from the gutter or from the cave, you know, as opposed to the mall sound where everything is. I like that, you know. And yeah. um, you see that also in other genres. I think you know, in black metal and gore grind, that people are kind of fed up with the clean produced stuff. Mm-hmm. No pun intended to my own music. <laughs> But you know they want to go to the very you know the the dirty the the grimy the whatever the yeah, the, the grittiness the proto- of it all, yeah. yeah and I I like that because that's also kind of a a rejection of the modern way that music is heading in this like overproduced uh, mass produced shit so I'm I can curse on this right yeah, yeah. okay it's encouraged yeah. okay good so yeah all I love it and you know some people will complain that bands are generic. And I, I, but I never had a problem with that. As long as you're enjoying yourself, yeah, and you have sure. your friends, and you drink your beers, and you tour, and you know, it doesn't matter. Have fun. You don't all, you know, that that's that's what I wanted to say about that. Because some people it, like complain about it. It's like you said, man. A lot of people just kind of take themselves too seriously, and that's kind of what you wanted to get away from with lipoma. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the other thing too is like. This is kind of how I feel about like, for example, we were talking about the Lipoma cassettes that are being put out by Gurgling Gore right now, which incredible quality. If you haven't got, I think there's still copies available. Um, But yeah, if if you haven't got the new Lipoma record, pick that up on CD or pick that up on cassette because I got the cassette. It sounds absolutely incredible. I'm sure the CD does too. But um, I think that's kind of why people are kind of gravitating. And I guess in the last 10 years, like vinyl has been huge and cassettes are now back in vogue and CDs are picking back up steam. But I think people just kind of got tired of like, I don't know. There's just something weird about just Mm -hmm. relying on something in the sky to give us our like music. And I think people are starting to like, really like you were saying, go back to like the, the cave dweller aspect of things and like the, the primal like collecting music and getting back into things. And that's something that I like, I've always, I've always been a collector of music, someone that appreciates picking up records, looking through the liner notes or whatever, and singing the art. And there's just something about the, the tangible aspect of, you know, holding a cassette or a piece of vinyl in your hand that you, you have this connection with the music more, I think. And I think that's today people are finding more connection and things that are a little bit more primal and, you know, if there's a kid down the street who says to himself, you know, I want to be in a grindcore band, but like, I don't, I can't produce this cleanly produced of a record, or I want to put out a black metal record and, you know, not to hate on like some of the, like, you know, Dimian Borgir, like, you know, the cleanly produced black metal, which I, I love that stuff, but mm. you can't really achieve that sound without thousands of dollars in production yeah. fees. But so, yeah, I think people really gravitate towards things that they can see themselves doing 
in regards to like the musical side of things. And then I think people are just really wanting to get back down to like the, their roots with, you know, collecting music. So I think music is going back to that, you know, primal stage that it was in the eighties, seventies, nineties. So, yeah, I, you know, I totally agree with that, with what you're saying. And I want to add something that, you know, you, you touched upon, but let me just push it out there a little more, which at least I, I, I've, I saw that more with with Lipoma and, and why people like Lipoma and why people like other Goy Grand bands. That there is this very, you know, uh, there's a strong need for people to 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 be part of a community, to be part of like-minded individuals. Well, maybe not like-minded individuals, but individuals that like the same music, individuals that have similar experiences living in the problematic times we're living in. You know, yeah. um, with all the problems that we were facing in the society, you know, alienation, depression, anxiety, you know, problems with jobs, problems with family, not just political stuff, you know, psychological issues. I think, uh, uh, you know, especially in America and also in Europe, there's a big problem with that. And I think people gravitate to, you know, I'm going to speak about gore grind because that's what I know the best is, you know, a genre that is by the people for the people that doesn't take itself too seriously that you know has this thing with gore which you know is it's i guess off-putting for the main for the most people out there but for for the, the 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 people that like it it's kind of a way of bonding together and there's also a really big diy ethic for gore grind bands like one of the best gore grind bands out there in my opinion miasmatic necrosis they're from new york too you know they're completely diy and they've done tours and you know they they created they made this amazing record and they, you know, they do all the recording on their own. They don't go to expensive studios and stuff like that. And I think that's a refreshing thing for for bands, for for people and fans to see that you know these bands are just normal people. You can meet them at a show. You can talk to them. They're not rock stars. And uh, you know, it's great music to listen to both at live, both on your own and on a tape, on a CD. You know, there 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 are many labels that are just working guys. Who are just have nine to five jobs and families and kids, and they just put their love and their blood, sweat, and tears into releasing these uh, these tapes and these CDs. So it's it's you know it's it's a great uh, community. It makes me really happy to be part of this. And um, yeah, a lot of it is online. I must say, you know, because it's scattered. The gore grind scene is scattered. But um, I'm really excited. There's this festival in Long Island coming up in a week called Barely Breathing Fest. Uh, it's it's um, set up by a friend of mine who has a syrup head recordings as his distro. And I'm really looking forward to finally meet a lot of bands, a lot of people that I've interacted with again online. I've never even seen them. So yeah, that was my little rant about board grinding community. It's definitely a community and it's so fun, especially like on, you know, there's a lot of downsides to social media, but there's like a lot of, you know, positives to finding people that are interested in the same niche that you are. And gore grind is definitely a niche. It takes a a certain kind of fan to enjoy it. I mean, so yeah, it's really awesome to see that, but I, I, I would be remiss if I did not ask this question. Please do. I, you said you were a fan of some of that metalcore stuff. (laughs) I have to ask on that first Lipoma release, (laughs) there was a little bit of Azalea dying in there. Oh, (laughs) is that accurate? So Azalea dying, um, again, I'm really bad with album titles, but, I think, I think it's their debut, the one that looks kind of um, orangey or yellow. Um, oh, that was... Um, I don't want to look it up right now, but... 94 Hours? That was called... Yes, I, I think I so. I think, what before, was that album before, called? Frail Worlds before, Collapse? Yes. You know, you can say whatever you want, and you can make fun of me all you want. 
I mean, I'm I'm old now, so I don't care what people t- say about me. But oh, sorry, there's something going on outside. This is Brooklyn, so there's always something going on outside. But <laughs> that record is amazing. I can listen to that. It's a timeless record, and it's funny, you know. And the thing is, there's this there's this thing in music, you know, that bands that become popular. Let me put it another way. Sometimes the fans ruin uh, the music, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but, you know, it's not a record I'm going to listen to every day. But, you know, sometimes after a few drinks, and especially if I'm hanging out with people that are also around the same age as me, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, let's play this record. And you know what? We're both fucking moshing in the room. And you're so. just screaming to 94 hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, aside from that, you know, these guys basically, you know, rehashed all the at the gates riffs and, and yeah. you know before that merciful fate you know and stuff like that so it's all good so quick question about like obviously the medical themes found in lipoma why did you uh, and you might have alluded to this earlier but why did you mm-hmm. land on that as the theme I, obviously you said you wanted something that was a little bit less yeah i get a well, lot less like murder and stuff like that and you wanted something that was a little bit more realistic in terms of like what you wanted to portray but why did like the medical theme make sense? So I have a story and I'll try to keep it short because uh, I, I know that I, I tend to sometimes talk too much. No, go ahead, but, um, so I studied medicine for a year uh, and I wanted, I wanted to be a psychiatrist because I, I really enjoyed, well, I really liked reading about mental illness and, and kind of more getting into alternate alternative explanations about mental illness. So for example, you know, um, Anyway, I won't get into that because then we're kind of getting out. Well, it, it kind of links into the Oats the Suffering record because that Oats the Suffering is a lot about mental illness, mm-hmm. mental health, mental illness, stuff like that. But we can talk about it later. But yeah, I studied medicine for a year. Uh, I, I, I kind of failed because I, I mean, I failed. I dropped out. But <laughs> I <laughs> there's so much biology and chemistry and physics. I thought we were going to do like hands on stuff. I wish I could have gone back in time because I think if I went back in time, I would uh, I, I would finish it. But anyway. There was a there was a time in in the first semester where they took us to the morgue, the university morgue, and they let us do like anatomy on on cadavers, which is insane in first year students, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's like the 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 this was in the Netherlands. This is like a Dutch approach to education. It's like you know, show them the real thing, and they'll they'll filter out the the people that don't want to, you know, which was included me. Uh, but you know, I was fascinated by that. You know, it's, you don't get to see that stuff every day, right? Um, and I think for me, you know, it's to, to kind of fast forward in time, you know, I also had a horrific injury. Uh, I, I was playing basketball one day and um, I, I fell and I broke my left arm and I got a compartment syndrome. Uh, look that up. It's a horrific uh, necrosis of the arm. Oh, man. And then they pl- they placed me in the hospital for a week. And because there was no room in the fractures department, they put me in the, the terminally ill cancer patient uh, stuff uh, uh, wing of the hospital. And that was a pretty traumatic experience because, like, that that's when you kind of, you don't even see, you, you smell death. Death was so, like, I had a person next to me who, who uh, after a day, well, he was gone. And then, like, I asked the nurse what happened. And like, she was like, oh, shit, he passed away. I was like, oh, shit, I was, I was talking to him last night. Um, so all that stuff is kind of, the whole, the whole topic of suffering and disease and pathology is something that always fascinated me and how people cope with that. And how people find strength with that, and you know, the early Lipoma releases, I had more of a, a joking 
uh, kind of a troll relationship with that and kind of to maybe shock people a little bit or, or to, to, to kind of have fun, fun with it. And then once you get once you get over the fun part and you go a little deeper into your psyche, you start exploring the more dark stuff. Right. And that's where horrors of pathology came from. You know, that that concept, you know, that horrors of pathology is basically you're looking at yourself in the mirror and maybe you're not as disformed as the guy that's on the cover of that CD. But you're seeing something, whether that is anxiety or depression or, I don't know, skin conditions, and that cause causes you a horror, you know? And so that's kind of my fascination, not just with pathology, but pathology of the mind. And that's maybe how lipoma is, in my, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging too much, but, you know, there, hasn't been, there haven't been a lot of gore grind bands that deal with, like, the gore of the mind. Because the mind is, you know, the brain is also an organ. It's also, right? It, 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 right? So that was kind of my, 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 I don't know, my motivation for, for lipoma, to kind of go into that direction. And I think people like it because, because there's so much, you know, there's so many mental health issues in, in this world. When if someone talks about it, and, you know, we've seen that in metal, too, with many people talking about coming out and talking about their struggles with stuff like that. So it's very refreshing. And I think people really, you know, also young people, you know, they appreciate when, when the older folks come and talk about that stuff. I think it helps them a lot. Yeah, is, maybe this is a weird question, but is lipoma at all like cathartic for you? I think if I didn't have lipoma, especially during the pandemic and also after the pandemic, because I had a, a lot of life changes happening to me, uh, I probably would not be in a good place. I, I dare say I would, I don't know, I would probably be fucking insane. Um, lipoma for me is um, one of the most important things in my life. <laughs> yeah. You know? And um, yeah. That's that's the the easy way to put it. How quickly did the new record Odes to Suffering come together? Yeah, it's a good question. Horrors of Pathology took uh, almost like six months to write, um, and then once I once I released it, and this was August 2022, and um, it went. You know, people really liked it, and the fact that people liked it was like, I was like, wait a minute, people like this formula. I need to keep keep making music it was like you know you turn the tap on and it just you know it's just the it just keeps the you how do you say you break the dam and the the, the water yeah. just keeps flowing the creative juices so you know that was in august 2022 and i probably took like a month a month off from writing and i, I think in september i started writing september 2022 and uh, uh september october november and then i was done in february 2023 and then it took like a bunch of months for mixing and mastering and um, coordinating with the labels. So that's how much it took. But, you know, it was the excitement that because I took a big risk when I wrote that record. I was like, core grind. I mean, people comment on this on social media all the time. They're like, core grind and melodic death metal and some black metal. You know what? When I first heard about this, I thought, what the hell? But you know what? It works. So I'm happy that that risk paid off because it was a little bit of a risk. I, I was like, wow, what if people think this is the most ridiculous thing in the world? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess extreme metal in and of itself is kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of going, we, we've said this a few times now, like you can't take it too seriously. I mean, obviously, like if it's your art, you want to take it seriously, but mm -hmm. some people really like will die on a hill for something. You know, you're you're so right. And I think this is what's so weird about metal, right? On the one hand, it's so dear to us. Like I just said like earlier, like lipoma is like part of my life. I didn't have lipoma. I don't know what I would do. But yet again, 
it is not that important. You know, it's just music. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other things going on in our lives that are much more important. And you shouldn't be, you shouldn't, we shouldn't care if someone mixes a uh, hip hop with uh, black metal, you know? Yeah. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's just music at the end of the day. And it's just like, exactly. it's a form of entertainment. And I know like, obviously like you and I were talking right now on a music podcast and music means a lot to both of us. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's not something like to, I guess, throw yourself in front of a bus of <laughs> for something. But right. Are you taking any other inspirations or influences from anything outside of music for Lipoma? Obviously medical, but medical stuff, but anything else? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you mean non-musical stuff? Yeah, huh? non-musical stuff. Non-musical stuff. Um, like movies, hmm. anything like that? Movies, yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning I used... <laughs> I mean, people are going to laugh now, but this was the early stuff, right? This is the early Lipoma. This is like the... It's funny because I did this like two years ago, but it sounds like I did this when I was like 12 years old. But like I, I got into uh, watching that Dr. Pimple Popper stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is now, now things are going to get weird because I think a lot of us have found ourselves looking at these things and kind of feeling weirdly satisfied at watching these fatty, pussy things pop. Yeah. And uh, you can see at the, the millions of viewers that these videos have. Like this is not like... I think people with normal lives and families and kids and like dogs and garages like watch that stuff. And I don't know. There's something that it makes them feel this certain way. And in the early days of Lipoma, I, I used like some samples from Dr. Pimple Popper. And, uh, you know, just again, just to add to the fun troll element, you know. Um, but then kind of more moving forward and getting a little bit more serious and, you know, kind of exploring the the I guess the, the sad side <laughs> of pathology instead of the happy side. Uh, I started reading a lot about like, especially after COVID and the whole pandemic thing and like, you know, the, all the stuff that happened, uh, I was interested in seeing like how other, uh, epidemics took place in, in history and how, how people cope, coped with it then. And, um, that's why, you know, I used the smallpox, um, uh, photo on my new record because apparently like that was the biggest, like the greatest epidemic in the history of mankind because it, it lasted so long and it killed like, you know, an insane amount of people. Um, and yeah, just going back into like vintage photos of diseases and 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 seeing people suffering like that. I don't know. It was just I guess you can say that that was also an inspiration for for that. Um, another thing. I mean, this is kind of music related, but you know, a lot of the black metal covers I also like that are like in black and white. And and I kind of also the, I haven't really said this out loud, but Oats the Suffering. I wanted it to have a little bit more of a of a black metal vibe, mm-hmm. at least in the in the aesthetic. I you know, and that's why I did also the, that scalpelgram thing, which is like um, you know the the, the pentagram with the yeah. the surgical stuff. You know, just experimenting. What what kind of stuff would people be surprised to know about? you know, some of your other like musical interests or some of your other like hobbies outside of this. I know we were just talking about biking and stuff like that, but like, mm. I think it's important for, you know, especially you're talking about like making sure that like stuff isn't taken so seriously, but like, I guess what kind of stuff are you into outside of this? And does any of that bleed into helping your creative juices flow? Like, you know, how do you get in this mindset to create music? I guess would be a better way to phrase this question. Wow, that's a great question. And you know, it's 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 a tough question for me because you know, sometimes I feel when I when I compose for Lipoma, I'm almost like kind of selling my soul to something dark and 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 hidden. Like I go in my basement where I have all my equipment and 
Um, it's like, I mean, I don't know how other people view this music, but you know, a lot of these songs are are about very you know dark thoughts, dark stuff, or just struggles of my mind and stuff. And um, you know, it's it's good to take a break from that <laughs> and uh, see, you know. See the the lights the the light part in life because you know there's the heavy part in life and sometimes you you can't escape that but there there should also be a lightness and you know I I bike a lot I love biking uh, I clear my mind when I bike because I just have to concentrate on not dying basically especially biking here in, in Brooklyn or New York <laughs> generally right so you're just in a flow constantly I recently started skateboarding again uh, even though I'm a little on the heavy side you know I see all the skater kids they're all like really skinny kids and they can like do massive ollies. <laughs> and so that helps a lot. And, um, you know, just playing around with my cat and um, trying to eat healthy and trying to just be healthy and uh, remaining positive, you know. And uh, I don't go to shows that much. Uh, I don't know why. I, I guess sometimes I just, I don't know, get overwhelmed maybe at the, the shows. Although I always have a good time. I always, you know, have a few drinks and mosh. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, I guess what I want to say is that if you put a lot of a lot of emotion into something, like a music or like a band or something, and it, it expresses kind of the the your your you know the 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 hard part of life, yeah, it's good to step away from it sometimes. And um, you know, I'm gonna finish with saying something funny just to keep it on a light note. You know, sometimes just take off the metal shirt. You know, wear wear a flower shirt or something. Yeah, you know? there you go, man. You know, wear a fucking dog shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was a joke. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe you just alluded to this, but what makes you happy outside of music? What makes me happy outside of music? Um, I'm going to say nature, but I'm not in the right place for this. <laughs> uh, I, you know, growing up in Greece, I have a very special relationship with, uh, with the sea, with the Aegean Sea. Uh, I really miss it. I, re- you know, I haven't been back in a, a year now, and just uh, being on a boat and fishing or swimming, or I'm also a huge fan of like mountains and just going on a mountain and just not being surrounded by any people, and just kind of going off, uh, you know, free riding, not necessarily taking like uh, trails or something. Um, that's something that makes me really happy. I'm not in an environment like that right now, and I think that's also a big reason why Lipoma began because of my frustration with living in a city that can be very uh, brutal very brutal it's it's a very brutal city and um so i look forward to uh to 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 escaping to nature and who knows maybe i will finally write that folk black metal like palma record that i've been wanting to do but i've been just putting that aside because it's just living in new york you can't you can't like breathe in the air and write like a slow folk black metal record you have to write fucking i'm all in for the lipoma folk black metal record man (laughs) but one last question for you max before i let you go um you know this is a broad question and i know two records in under a year but what does the future look like for lipoma how often do you want to put out new records eps anything like that i know you're not big into doing shows i know you have a festival coming up but you know what does the future look like for lipoma yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, the show thing, unfortunately, just hard to do because it's it's only me. Yeah, uh, you know, I would love to have another guy or another person, sorry, playing uh, guitar or bass and just you know anything. Um, so that's out of the question. I, it would take way too much. It would take a different kind of energy that than it's taking right now. That's the show part. So musically, 
um, you know, there are two directions that that I want to go into. The one direction is kind of going back into the early new sound and kind of rediscovering that again because that stuff was so fun to make and it's it was and yeah it, it was fun it was like i was i was really happy when i made the excision of monsters teratoma go ahead and listen to the first lipoma release i still think that's probably the best stuff i ever put out because that stuff was recorded in like three days but it's still i i wonder how i did that it's so it's just like machine gun drums i put like four different amp sounds on my guitar and i was just like I don't remember the tuning, and I was just like, I had so much fun doing that. And I think I want to try to revisit that old sound. Then, you know, there's the new sound, which is, you know, Horrors of Pathology, Oats the Suffering, which a lot of people are liking. And, um, you know, I might, I, I, I want to I explore that more. But as I said, it's, it's tough. It's tough to write a record like that, you know. And it's tough to write records that have their, their names as, you know, Horrors of Pathology, Oats the Suffering, because it, it, is, uh, it is taxing on your on your mind um uh, but yeah i think we'll see i think maybe a combination of the two who knows but whatever i do and thanks for asking this question um uh, i'm just gonna try to have fun with it that's all you can do man the new lipoma record odes to suffering is out right now you can find physical copies on gurgling gore you can find copies on your Bandcamp. correct and- uh, let me make a no, uh, I'm off Bandcamp because I'm I'm very annoyed with them because they 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 censored my they they anyway oh, they censored okay. my my band. I sent them numerous emails. I'm like you know if you want me to censor, I'll censor it. But they never responded to me. I, I felt that was very unprofessional. So I did a uh, big cartel. So you go on my big cartel. You can order the tapes or this and the CDs. I have some more CDs for sale, and I have some kick-ass stickers and pins that I put in for free. So uh, feel free to check it out. It's lipomagore.bigcartel.com. Yep. Awesome new record. Max, thanks so much for doing this, my friend. I had a blast. Thank you. Your questions were awesome. I had a great time. Thanks, man. Thanks to Max from Lipoma again for joining the show. His new record, Odes to Suffering, is out right now, as we mentioned numerous times during the interview. But yeah, I just wanted to send a reminder out there again to go pick that up. But now let's go ahead and introduce our next guest. We will be joined by Uva from the Finnish black metal band Undfod. They released their new album earlier this year, which I will actually let him pronounce during the interview. But yeah, I also want to put out a disclaimer that the audio quality of this interview Kind of got a little, I don't know, wonky there for a minute, but still good quality and a great interview, and I cannot recommend this new album enough. My signature catchphrase, I can't recommend it enough. But yeah, let's jump into a clip from the record and then dive right into the interview. This song is called Where Death Roams.
we actually came out from the studio a couple of days ago recording my other band, so I have had a pretty busy schedule the la last couple of days. But I'm doing really good right now. It's good weather here in Finland, and we are planning shitloads of stuff, upcoming <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's been a busy year for you then, right? So you released a new record with Unquote, and now you are with your other band? Yeah, it's a crust punk band, so it's lots of D-beat and, you know, the classic HM2 pedal on the guitars and stuff like that. So you're going into your Dark Throne crust punk era. <laughs> yeah, I've been there already for almost 10 years. So, yeah. yeah. So before we go any further, I would like you, again, because I'm dumb, can you pronounce the name of the new Unfot album? Det Österbotniska Mörkret. It is uh, the Ostrobotnian darkness, basically. Okay. And Ostrobotnia gotcha. is the place in Finland where we come from. It's on the left side of the country really close to the sea that is uh, uh, and we have sweden on the other side so the place we are living in is swedish speaking actually oh gotcha gotcha now i want to for those unfamiliar with the band can you kind of take us back to 2013 when this really kind of started rolling and uh it was when i was studying uh, sound engineering back in the days at a music school and i had a friend there and we both was really into this uh, you know, heavier music, black metal, death metal, yeah, you name it. And we we decided after a couple of months uh, getting to know each other that we had the same, um, like, interest in the black and roll thing, like, you know, Dark Throne and Carpathian Forest and all those classic bands. So we wanted to... Uh, we, we First off, we started to jam a little bit and decided that, hey, we should make a band out of the, this... And we made in three days the first EP. It sounds really shit, actually, but <laughs> but I think we had something good going on there. So we we decided to start looking for record labels, and then the record label Immortal Immortal Frost Productions snapped it up and asked if we if we are interested in releasing the first album with them. So then we went into the studio and started writing songs and. Yeah, that that was it, basically. What do you think it was about this band in particular that you knew that you kind of wanted to pursue more and that you wanted to, you know, continue making music with it? Uh, we were pretty bad musicians back in the days when we started, so I think when you're realizing that you're getting better at both songwriting and also playing the instruments, etc., you... Uh, you fall in love with it basically and uh, you realize this is what I want to do with for the rest of my life and because of when we started the band I, I got even more into the sound engineering thing so I ended up building my own studio and nowadays I work full-time <laughs> in my studio so oh wow so you built your studio at your home there in Finland yeah yeah it was uh, actually my my parents' old garage where they used oh, cool. to store boats and and cars, etc. And that room was empty and not in use for many years. So I asked my parents if it's okay that I just do whatever the fuck I want with the, <laughs> with the room. And they said, of course, you have full support. So I started to build my studio and 
still building it today, but I'm I think I'm pretty, coming pretty close to um, the point that I don't need to do anything more to the studio. It's pretty good as it is. And so Unfed and the studio have going, been going hand in hand for 10 years now. And uh, for every album I become better at recording and producing. And you can hear that hopefully in the albums. Yeah, so I'm sure it makes things a lot easier when you have such knowledge of sound engineering and probably production, right? Yeah. Going to school to become a sound engineer, like you mentioned earlier, what sparked that interest was it just a love for music or was it more of a love for you know the really getting in depth into the weeds of how songs and records are created like what sparked that interest uh i think before i was even interested in playing so much music and especially the sound engineering i i just fell in love with uh, the extreme metal you know grindcore bands and black metal bands and i just found it so interesting how that music can make you feel so powerful or aggressive and you, like if you are like me i'm pretty calm person because i get all my <laughs> aggression out of the music so it started off with that when i was younger and at some point uh, i've uh, come over this um, music school and i i was actually studying the first years as mus as uh, to become a musician but after two years, I realized I'm more interested of the technical side of the music, especially in that school. So, and I wanted to myself figure out how how to make those sounds I fell in love with back in the days, like you know the like the old mayhem, the mysteries, Dom Satana's sound. I I just wanted to figure out how do they make make it sound like that, and that is where I both. Uh, found the interest for the music much more and also the sound engineer side, I think so. What was it like growing up around, obviously you said you're from Finland, kind of near Sweden. What was it like growing up around, you know, those areas, Norway's not too far away, but those areas that were so pivotal in the creation and development of black metal, when you're really close to it, how does that affect you? In the area where I live, and even more specifically the city I'm living, really close to Petarsare, or in Swedish Jakobstad, we have have all all we had already really big names here. If you have heard the band And Oceans, for instance, really big black metal band was really huge in the 90s and did a comeback recently, like a couple of years ago. They uh, they was around and a couple of other bands like Migraine and, and stuff like that. So I knew that the scene was already active here. So I, I think that affected me as well to be more interested in, in becoming a musician myself. And because I was following those bands, what they were doing and, and, and stuff and tried to reach out to them when I was younger, <laughs> didn't get any response. <laughs> but nowadays I'm really good friends with all of those guys. And uh, I think we are in the same scene together so that's pretty cool <laughs> was extreme metal or extreme music in general was that the first music you connected with or were you into like the traditional you know heavy metal side of things the iron maidens the judas priests what led to you know this extreme music fandom for you when i was in primal school i was more into like uh, hip-hop and 
and you know bum funk MCs and uh, but also Nirvana and the Offsprings. So uh, I think it evolved from there. When I started in high school, I discovered Children of Bottom, and that was the first time I ever heard growling and screaming in music. And I was like, "What the fuck is this? How, how can it be so aggressive?" <laughs> So I think uh, the interest come from that I was pretty shocked from the extreme music and I remember the first time I heard black metal I could only hear you know short sections at a time like 10 seconds and I had to pause and, and you know and and question like myself what what is this and why do I feel so scared of this music because it was so <laughs> aggressive so I think from that I just wanted to be more part of it. <laughs> yeah, who was that first black metal band that you remember hearing? It must have been Mayhem, Death Crush, like the real, real black metal, like with the, yeah. the aggression. I think everyone heard Dimmo Borger or something like that first, but they have all those the very it's clean a production, so, more clean and not maybe so aggressive compared to let's say Gorgoroth or something like that right i was never scared of dimmu borger but the gorgoroth was really scary to me when i was younger because it was it sounded to me like i was listening to the devil himself yeah. you know <laughs> just those high pitched screams on those first two records by gorgoroth are some yeah. of the most evil sounding vocals on any black yeah. metal record but yeah, I guess that leads to my next question. I read somewhere that you said that you guys have no interest in sounding like a modern black metal band. You want to stay true to the primitive roots of black metal. Is that still true today? Yeah, and I think for every al album we make, we falling more and more into that 1990s so uh, sound. And I mean, when it was during those times, I fell in love with the music. And uh, I, I, I think that even if I wanted to sound more modern, it wouldn't be possible really because every time I start recording and, and uh, writing those songs, in the end when the demos are done and everything, I realized, okay, this sounds even more 90s than the previous stuff. So, uh, but I think it, it comes natural to me that uh, the, the kind of extreme music I want to create is... It's nothing new. I just want to make it more perfect than it was back in the days, but have the same atmosphere at the same time. And yeah, you, I think you get it. The new record came out on Black Lion Records. How did that partnership come together? I was actually work, working via my studio with Black Lion with, with another band. Maybe you know this Swedish band, Kvan. Uh, they recorded two albums together with me, not everything in my studio, but I was mixing and mastering and recording parts of that. Uh, and uh, I came in contact with Black Lion Records and I was doing some kind of, um, you know, music videos for that band and, and a couple of other bands and gave feedback to the label for from some other productions that they wanted me to just take a look at and uh, give feedback etc so at some point I, st I asked him that it would feel good to have something fresh and since 
uh, I really like your record label. Would it be possible for my band to join there? And you know, you will of course get as good production as possible, and we will try our best to keep the band more alive than ever. And we found new members and everything during that time, so we are coming back to the live scene again. We didn't play for almost nine years, so. I think for for the label that sounded pretty promising, so they said immediately, "Yeah, of course you're welcome to the family." <laughs> Were you looking at any other record labels? I was sending out a couple of emails to other labels, yes, but uh, Black Lion was probably the record label I paid most attention to, getting contact with because it's so easy, also because. Uh, the label is right on the other side of the the sea from between Finland and Sweden so I was actually there and meeting the record label guy and had a coffee with him and we went to IKEA <laughs> drinking more coffee and and it felt really good so I think that was the reason it it was just a good feeling about it when it comes to creating records and songs how do these ideas typically start for you? You guys have been together for around 10 years now. What is the writing process like within the band? And how do you guys work together to create these albums and, you know, the music and this primitive sound? Um, I am nowadays the only original member of the band. So I think I have kind of, let's say, the last word always when it comes to the songwriting. But... But in general, it starts out with uh, me sitting in the studio, basically, with the guitars and coming up with riffs and writing lyrics and see what uh, what it leads to. And I start, uh, you know, de demo drums and stuff like that. And then I present the songs to, to the rest of the band. And since it's really good musicians and they have been also in the scene for a long time, they know what is good and what is bad. So they always comes with uh, some kind of feedback and then uh, and then when we have decided what kind of songs we want to go for for the next record uh, we we all gather up in the studio and, and listening together and doing you know last changes here and there and and uh, then we are ready for the studio so right now we have actually booked in a studio session for the ne next album <laughs> oh, <laughs> already wow. this year wow. so it's a little bit of a secret, but uh, I, I I won't tell you too much about it, but we will enter the I studio understand. at least. What have you found to be the most crucial component in creating your unique sound and your unique spot within the black metal genre? What do you think kind of separates you from your counterparts? <laughs> Tough question. I have never thought about it. Um, why we are sounding different from the other bands from, let's say, Finland. I think we have more of a Swedish approach to the sound. Many people that haven't uh, been looking us up and hear the songs, that they think that we are from Sweden, actually, because we are singing in Swedish. And we have more of a Swedish approach to the melodies and, and stuff like that. So I think we sound in general more Swedish than Finnish but at the same time I think we have the the coldness from the Finnish black metal sound in general uh, 
but it's hard for me to say what is the difference between warbands and others. I think that is actually up to the listeners to <laughs> to answer because I don't know really. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned like the melodies from like Sweden. Do you take a lot of influence from maybe that '90s melodic death metal sound that kind of started up in Sweden? Were you fans of that side of music? I wouldn't say that I do it on purpose. I think that is something that is coming naturally because I have been listening a lot to the Swedish bands. So I think uh, when I'm writing melodies, what what feels good to me is probably something I heard before or similar to something I heard before. And it's probably <laughs> um, very much influenced from the, from the Swedish scene. Swedish scene. But I wouldn't say that I do it on purpose, and at least. But it it tends to be like that in the end. <laughs> do you feel that black metal in general allows you to be more experimental with your music? Do you feel like you have more of a free range since you're creating this type of music that is you can kind of blend with anything, right? Yeah, I agree on that because black metal to me is. Uh, it's music of freedom. Um, technically, there are unwritten rules what you should follow and not follow to, you know, be true cult or whatever. But uh, I have never had any limitations for myself when I write. I don't think like we cannot use this, we cannot do that, we cannot do that. I have always, I think. Uh, just do, doing what feels right at the moment when I'm writing the music and probably I'm following a lot of those unwritten rules but at, but I wouldn't say that I'm aware that I'm doing it uh, I think uh, for the last album it was the first time we, we actually used some kind of keyboards at all but not playing chords but more of a explosive elements uh, like when it's uh, coming a new riff and it, you want it to be more explosive we just I remember we recorded hitting all the uh, notes at the same time on a piano and added that little bit in the background just to gi give it more of a explosive element uh, and I don't think that you, you can pinpoint out when you're listening, ah, oh, that's a piano, it sounds just like an explosion. <laughs> so that was probably for many people that playing black and roll, that there would be like no synths or something like that. But I'm like, let's add what serves the music and not to add something just to add something. We, we just add elements that we find uh, that would fit really good for for the production and the songs so yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say that i have any limitations nowadays with the band i i like to ask this question to you know black metal bands in general but you know atmosphere obviously is synonymous with black metal what have you found to be the most critical component in creating atmosphere on your own records uh i think uh, if you are not good enough with your instruments, so you're li lim limited to what what kind of technical difficulties you can play, that that can take away a little bit from the from the atmosphere. Um, 
I believe that a lot of the atmosphere comes from the drums, uh, that the drummer are a able to play first re really tight and also to do do fills and, and beats that fits for the riffs. And if, if you have to compromise and play something more simpler, that, that, that might ruin the atmosphere you're trying to reach. And when we recorded the last album, I could do whatever I wanted because the drummer is so good that everything I made and asked him to do was for him really easily. So uh, last album was maybe the most easy for me to make really good atmosphere. And I think also the bass playing that, that we allowed the ba bass player to do his own stuff, not all only following the guitars all the time. He was actually doing shitloads of licks and stuff. And I think that uh, gives the music much more atmosphere because you can atmosphere to me is that you shouldn't only follow um, what the vocals and guitars are doing. It's about shifting the focus uh, in the mix also. Like uh, if I know that the bass is doing something really cool at some part, some licks and stuff, then we lower the guitars in the mix and raising the bass. So you're switching the focus for the listeners. Listen to the bass now, what he is doing. And then you go back and now, now it's the vocals that are doing the interesting stuff. So you're giving all the time space for all the elements in the mix. And I think that is creating good atmosphere. As the sound engineer and as someone who creates black metal records, and I'm sure you also create other, or you, let's say you, you produce other bands, correct? Like in other yeah. genres. What's the biggest difference between creating a black metal album and let's say a death metal album or a grindcore record? I think that, uh, well, let, let's say if I'm producing metal and not metal, that would be easier to answer <laughs> because all those uh, metal bands, everyone wants to sound, you know, fat and big and punchy drums, etc. Et but when I was recording uh, an acoustic guitar duo in half a year ago, they only had acoustic guitars and vocals. So then, then I had really to start to think, how can I make this sound so it it's so it's speaking to you that the production should also feel kind of fat, even though there are not so much bass elements like a kick drum or bass. So um, I think it's more important when it comes to more traditional music to capture. The, the feeling of the musicians, like really try to push them uh, so it feels honest what they are doing. But yeah, maybe that take was really tight, but I didn't feel like, you know, the sparkles in it. So I say, can you do it again? But try to <laughs> think like this and do this so it feels more honest. Uh, and also with the vocals, I think screaming vocals, if you have good technique, it will be easier to come make it sound interesting because you will always add, uh, add shitloads of delays and reverbs to ma make it sound big and evil and aggressive. But when you're recording clean vocals and it's a story in the lyrics, like interesting story, then you want, want to capture uh, the emotions of it. So I want the, the singers to 
express themselves so so it feels uh, honest i think that is the bigger biggest difference because when i when we make let's say a black metal album i just want it to be as tight as possible and it's uh, on the other hand just drowned in distortion and, and all that anyway so it's a little bit harder to capture good feeling and honest feeling because in the end you just want it to be really tight so you can make a tight and punchy mix so i think that is the biggest difference to record metal and not metal circling back around to the new record where did you draw inspiration from with like the themes and the lyrical content on this one obviously themes and lyrics are very important to the black metal genre you know the evil lyrics and everything where did you take this and where did you draw inspiration from i live um in the forests in the in finland so i i would say i'm pretty traditional <laughs> when it comes to getting inspiration for black metal i go outside watching the world and watching the nature and and uh listening to other music than black metal and try to focus on a feeling than rather than a sound um uh, and when i when i make those songs i want to recreate a soundscape that is reminding me of the feeling i had when i felt the most inspired so uh uh when when i i have made a song that i can go back to the moment when i was out in the forest and just watching the river and and stuff like that uh then i know that i probably made um a song that can also speak to others than only myself um and for the lyrics i have always been really interesting inter interested in the in the story from here ostrobotnia because we had those witch burnings and other religious shit going on here many hundreds of years ago and even today it exists a lot of these um uh, what is the word you know really closed religious groups that are doing really bad stuff and for some reason it's always the most religious people that is the most evil in the end <laughs> and it's, it's that very is true and that is what i'm singing about in unfud so yeah i think uh, that is where the inspiration comes from mostly i haven't really thought about it so much it, it comes to me sometimes Naturally. and then uh, i try to do something out of it like make a song or something <laughs> obviously i'm assuming that the music comes before the lyrics but does the you know the soundscapes you create musically do those ever inspire you to write about something in particular yeah definitely it does um it... If, if i may make a song that is uh really let's say fast and aggressive then i sing about more i would say something more uh, physical like uh, um l l let's say that you're chased by some you know demon in the forest or something like that it feels very active and if i make more of a slower uh darker sound then i'm uh, analyzing and are criticizing the <laughs> more of the spiritual world i would say that is more 
within yourself and not so physical. Uh, I think so. It's <laughs> it's hard to put words into your thoughts <laughs> when it comes to this subject. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. Now, I do want to kind of ask a question that goes into more of the live setting and that side of things. How much thought goes into when you're writing songs and you're recording, how much thought goes into how you're going to perform these in a live setting or in your live performances? Is that in the back of your head or do you just kind of write what you write, record it, and then you just think about the live performances later? Uh, I would say both. The first three albums I didn't pay any attention to the live because I wasn't even sure if it will ever be a live band again. But then I met these new people that wanted to play in the band and, and start playing live again. So the last album and this upcoming album, I have had little bit thoughts uh, that try to make it so it's so, uh, it is possible to play it live so it sounds like on the record. But at the same time, I don't want to do it uh, all the way like that because that would all that would also put some kind of limitations on the music i think and it's another good reason to push yourself later to be able to perform and and sing at the same time and f and make it sound like on the record but of course i have it a little bit in the back of my head but i don't want to you know ruin the music <laughs> just to yeah. be able to play it live <laughs> yeah i completely understand that and i do have a fun question here corpse paint obviously always synonymous with black metal how did you come up with your corpse paint design i haven't uh corpse paint design that i have committed to yet but i have um, i have couple of things i tend to do over and over but i'm still experimenting with yeah. my, my personal corpse paint and uh, I think the drummer in the band is the only one who have his corpse corpse paint set because he is using the same corpse paint in other bands so it's it's uh, like um, front cover of himself as a musician that when you see his corpse paint then you know exactly who that guy is man there's nothing cooler than a black metal band on stage just decked out in corpse paint like that is such a uh, there, like, there's just nothing like it. It's so eerie, and it like just sets the tone and the mood for the live setting. Like, man, black metal just does it right. Yeah, I think the corpse paints. If you know why you are using them, they can definitely contribute. Um, to, as you said, set set the mood for the show. Uh, for me, I think when you go to a really good black metal concert that is indoors and it's really dark and it's only the light like the only lights there are from the stage and they can you set the colors and everything with the mood i think the corpse paints make it feel like you're inside a horror movie and i and that is much more effective you you will experience the music much in a way different way than just listening it because when you can also see the music it feel it should make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and get some kind of adrenaline kick hopefully out of it and that that is what we're trying to do and also to give a little middle finger to all the religious people that lives here <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, it's the uh, it's the rebellion of everything, right? It's and I think that's the, not just black metal, but extreme music in general is that you know it's such a niche thing to be into, and when you're at this sh- these shows, like everybody just kind of feels like. And it's cliche, but maybe like a family setting, right? Like everybody's into the same thing and you feel a part of something. And I think that is something that is so crucial and so important in this specific genre of music is that you go there and you do feel like you're a part of something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that we are not a big family, but we are a, we are a s- strong family. <laughs> or, or um... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the best way to, to describe it. What's the most memorable concert experience you've had? Maybe not just black metal, but other concerts as well. Uh, I think when I saw Watain uh, at Bloodstock in England back in 2018, that was pure magic for me. I have seen the band many times and I have seen other big bigger bands and like behemoth and stuff i always had a good time but when i saw vatain back in in 2018 and when i had been drunk for you know four days and finally sobering up for the last day and you getting a little bit back to reality then you get this big punch in your face from vatain (laughs) (laughs) they had so huge sound and yeah. I don't know. It was something that was speaking so much to me at that concert. It didn't feel like I was just watching a band. It was, I was almost sucked into the atmosphere and just spiritual almost. A little bit. No, I was always, of course, aware exactly where I was and could control my own thoughts. But it it was like I wasn't at the same time. You know. Yeah, almost hypnotizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they had a show around that same time in New York here in the States. Yeah. And it, it caused a lot of uh, publicity or got a lot of publicity because they were like, you know, obviously there's there's so much fire on the stage with them. and um, But the they were spraying like blood onto the crowd. Yeah. And it, it was picked up by a lot of like publications over here and people were just so shocked. And <laughs> man, that's rock and roll, man. That's rock and roll. <laughs> it's pre- it's it's funny that in uh, in the states they still getting a little bit shocked of all that here in Europe everyone is like yeah uh, we have seen this already so many times <laughs> yeah it is weird it, it it's very weird that I don't know I've I've talked with other people about this too like is it still possible for bands to shock people and then I remember that Watain show that got all that news coverage and I was like yeah I guess it it, it is but yeah <laughs> could you imagine if that uh that mayhem show that first mayhem show where they all just you know dead was on stage and they brought out the pig's heads or what was the pig's yeah. heads and everything like if that show happened today in the states like <laughs> they would be so canceled <laughs> yeah it would be outrageous but anyway man i do have a couple last questions for you i don't want to take up too much for your time I've, I've had a great chat with you um why do you think you feel so connected to music I have nothing else in my life and ever since I was a kid the only thing I really cared about was video games and music and nowadays I'm not so much more into video games so I guess music took over <laughs> and also it is the connection you make with other other people like first of all you always when when you find 
people that have the same interest in the music as you have, you're like instantly best friends. I think it's about the community first of all, but also it's the magic when you're standing there in the rehearsal room, you're syncing so well with the song you're playing, everyone looks at each other and you, you know, you just feel it. Uh, it's so, it's so much magic. It's hard to describe it, but when I'm rehearsing and I feel it, then I know this is what I live for. So I will never probably stop doing music. Why Why would I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's your career now. I'm, I'm assuming your career is as a sound engineer, and then you have your bands on the side. So you're doing it, man. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what do you What do you want to achieve in the genre? What would be your goal? Ultimate goal. Um, my ultimate goal to to have the people I have around me right now, for, like forever. That would be. Uh, I'm pretty, you know, down to earth and realistic. So I wouldn't say, yeah, play at fucking and download festival. Uh, I think in the end, those things are really nice. But what you cannot do that if you don't have your friends alongside with you doing this together. So I hope we will stay together and uh, hopefully no dramas. And it's like your family. You, it's about the community about around it and and the closest friends and and stuff like that. That is. Uh, all the goals with the music for me but if you asking what my goal as a band would be is probably to play those big shows <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome yeah i'm sure that's a, that's at the top of the list for you know any band is you know like you said Vakken, download fest those uh those big ones over there in europe but i'm curious as to what you think about right now the u.s black metal scene do you have any bands that you're keeping an eye on over here or yeah, I I have worked with a couple of uh, bands bands from the states. Have you heard about um, let's say Kriegs, uh, Kriegsgrave? It, oh, they have... you worked with Kriegsgrave. Yeah, I have. Oh, I mixed... love that new record. I'm actually uh, I talk to them quite often on Instagram. Okay. I love that new record that they just put out. Yeah, I mixed and mastered their two of their latest albums. <laughs> oh, the Sundering, I'm assuming. Yeah, the Sundering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, Fires in the Fall, their new record. Absolutely phenomenal. I love them. I love yeah, them. so through them I have sometimes a chat with, with them, and so I get get some more inside things like how the scene is there. And I wish I know, of course, more about the stage scene, but uh, I don't know too much. Sometimes I get... Uh, I'm chatting with people from from there, and they tell me, yeah, right now it is like like this here, and uh, and next year we will have this thing going on and <laughs> stuff like that. Have you checked out Lamp of Murmur at all? No, I haven't. He's probably it's a one man black metal outfit, and I, I don't want to say my favorite, but he's definitely up there in terms of my favorite current U.S. black metal artist. He does a lot of touring over in europe but i think it kind of originated the project originated on the west coast of the united states but lamp of murmur his new album uh saturnium bloodstorm is very reminiscent of old school at the heart of winter immortal 
and he kind of started in the old raw black metal sound, but he's doing a lot of interesting things right now. So if you get a chance to check out Lamp of Murmur, I definitely have to do that. Yeah. So you say awesome. there is he playing live? Does he have session musicians with him when he goes? Yeah, look, yeah, I'm assuming they're all session musicians, but uh, yeah, he writes all the music and everything. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a solo project or one man black metal band. But yeah, he is touring right now. A lot of it is in Europe. Um, okay. He just did a tour with uh, Devil Master, and I forget who else. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's probably one of my favorites right now. Obviously, I, I love Kriegsgrave too. So yeah. okay, <laughs> I I need to check that out. I haven't I haven't heard about yeah. about this band. The new one, Saturnian Bloodstorm. If you like at the heart of winter era immortal, you'll you'll dig it. Okay, thank you for the tips. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. And just one last question for you, man. Circling back to the new record. I ask every band this that's just recently put out something new. What are you, when you look back, what are you most proud of? With the new record, um, I would say I'm most proud of what we did together as a band this time. Like before when I was doing everything for the, let's say the two latest albums besides this one, I was, it was always me doing everything. And now when everyone in the band did their part and together we were discussing everything, I think the outcome sounds so solid and it actually sounds like a band and not just me doing everything, you know. And we have so good people in the band right now and really good at their instruments. So I, I'm, let's say I'm proud already for what the band can do with the upcoming years uh, but also I have been really surprised how much good feedback we have got from from the from the album like people are writing to me almost every day on Instagram and Facebook and just congratulations giving me congratulations and and just saying that they have listened this album like three times today, and I'm like, "Wow, you're pretty crazy!" Or, uh, or "Thank you." I don't know what to say to them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it kind of leaves you speechless. Yeah, a little bit speechless because you know, in my own eyes, I will never be a rock star. Mm -hmm. So getting those feedbacks feels a little bit weird to me. So I'm just there saying, ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Again, congrats on the new record. It's absolutely phenomenal. If you love old school black metal, primitive black metal, that second wave sound, you will absolutely love this new record. Congratulations on everything, and I cannot wait to get my uh, cassette copy and the vinyl copy. I know we talked about that a little bit <laughs> uh, the last couple yeah. of weeks. It's kind of on the backlog right now, but I'm, I'm assuming everything's coming. Yeah, everything is so delayed now with the vinyl factories and CD factories and everything. I spoke to Black Lion yesterday and asked if he have heard anything. And he said, yeah, well, it's delayed <laughs> again. Everything is de delayed. Like the band and Oceans from here, they were supposed to release the album two years ago. And it came out this year, like one year too late because of the vinyl factory delays so every everything is pretty you know shit now if you want, want to release something but yeah i hope that it will come really soon and thank you for the nice 
comment. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all, Ula. Thank you so much for doing this, and best of luck in the future, my friend. Yeah, you too, and thank you for the interview. You were, it was really nice to to speak to you. You seem like a good person, so. Thanks again to Uva for joining the show and talking a little bit more about their new record, which is out right now. Before we go, and as always, I do want to give my recommendation of the week, and this week that recommendation is the new record Feral Legion by Involtation, a phenomenal record, a very blackened death metal release, I would say. But you really just kind of have to dive into this to gather your own thoughts and opinions. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the song. This song is called Lower Beasts.
That was Lower Beasts by Involtation off their new record, Feral Legion, which is out right now. As always, I want to remind everyone before we depart to follow me on the socials I gave you at the top of the episode and follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave a review if you do dig the show. That helps me out quite a bit. But until next time, my friends, we'll see you right here in the catacombs.